Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are coming to you again from quarantine separately. Yeah, so the the main difference between this and our last episode we brought you guys was that uh, last time Lindsay was using a microphone and I was not. And this time I'm using a microphone and Lindsay is not. No, mine broke for some reason. I don't know how. Like, in the last two weeks, somehow it broke. Um, so I'm using the microphone off of my headset that I normally use to edit with. Um, so we'll see. We did accidentally record an entire episode on this thing. Yeah, so, so can't be that bad. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't great, so. No, but. but <laughs> it is what it you is. Know, We're getting you content. We've done this before. You gotta find right. le- new ways to learn how to creative. do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotta be creative during quarantine. All right, so um, technically this week would be Lindsay's binge watch update, but I feel like we're both kind of binging things, so we can just talk through what we've been watching on quarantine. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I feel like we should. I know this is normally Lindsay's binge watch update, but we should give like a. I agree. Let's talk through what we've been doing in quarantine. I guess. Yeah, so... Um, um, you go first, since it's okay. technically your week. I watched um, all of Lego Masters um, with my boyfriend. We watched that. Yeah. Um, we've been watching a lot of movies, so yesterday we watched The Social Network on the list we, that we've just added. Ew! Uh, I'm sorry, The Social Network was on your list? That movie is garbage. That movie wasn't on our list. It was like, I don't want to watch anything like heavy, so let's just watch this. So you chose to watch The Social Network? Yeah, I don't think Matt's ever... Matt said he doesn't remember ever watching it, so we watched it. Oh. I mean, I hated it every minute. I hated yeah, everybody Yeah, it's not good. It. I didn't enjoy that movie Jesse whatsoever. Eisenberg made me feel awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're adding movies to our list and, like, taking them off. Um, we watched all of The Lord of the Rings in a weekend, um, and two of them were the extended editions, so... I like, mean, shit, what else are you gonna do, so... The extended edition of, um, Return of the King is, like, four and a half hours I was that's long. gotta be long. That movie as a whole is like three hours long. Yeah, I think it's like four and a half. Before any editing, so. I think that's what it was. Maybe three and a half. Um, but we accidentally... What was it? It was four and a half. Um, but then we did the same... We accidentally started it off in the first one with the Fellowship um, being extended. I think that one was three and a half. And then we watched the regular Two Towers and then... Um, four and a half. It was like 12 hours. Yeah, I don't doubt that. It was a whole, it was a whole Your follow-up weekend needs to be rewatching and playing a drinking game to those bad Hobbit movies that came out within the last few years where they extended the Hobbit into three movies that was completely so, unnecessary. Matt refuses to finish that, so he will not be watching it. He, I think he watched one and then was like, no, these fucking suck. Yeah, this I saw didn't all happen. three. They weren't good. I did too. They, they weren't good. No, I mean, I also saw all three. They weren't good. I'm trying to think what we've been watching. Um, so we're still working through that Thrillist horror, like, 75 greatest horror movies list. And 100%, we watched one last Sunday, and neither of us remember what it was. 
<laughs> that bad? That's how drunk we got last Sunday. Oh, okay. Fair. <laughs> we don't remember what we watched, so that was fun. Um, but we, we've we watched um, the original 1954 Japanese version of Godzilla. Um, that was, yeah, that was a fun one to watch. Um, but then TV-wise, we're watching... Um, what We Do in the Shadows on mm-hmm. FX just restarted, so there's been three episodes out so far, so we watched the third episode today, and of course, you know, your girl's still a ride or die for The Masked Singer, so mm-hmm. I'm still watching that. <laughs> <laughs> the most off-brand show I could ever watch is the one I'm the most obsessed with. I so. feel like Joe and I got you into that. Yeah, you did. I told you to watch, like, a YouTube event, and you're like, this is amazing, actually. <laughs> I have to watch all of this now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, high-key trash, but also great trash. It's really entertaining. Cool. Um, well, if you guys have any suggestions for us, um, please don't hesitate to drop in our Instagram and comment on, like, what we should be watching, because we're running low. Yeah, I mean, we've got to do this for at least another month, so... At least. Yeah. In Chicago, they extended through May. I don't know what Michigan's looking like right now, but... It's um for the next two weeks, but, like, I'm working from home as long as the office, as long yeah, as Yeah, I'm going to be working from home for who the hell knows how long, so... Yeah, I am as long as, um... It's, like, state-based, so, like, because we're in multiple states, it's, like, if Illinois is closed, then our office is closed, and then at that point, they'll probably still slowly open up. So we'll be here. I don't think I'm going to be back into work future. until at least July, because they're not yeah, going to have either. me taking public transit to work. I agree. Um, I agree with that. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So let's uh, let's get into the beer for this yeah. week's episode. So obviously we're separate. We're doing separate beers again. Yeah. What are you, um, what are you drinking, you, Steph? Oh, I already opened my beer. Oops. <laughs> well, mine's only not open because I have a second beer that I'm drinking out of. Oh. That makes sense. I was going to say, I was sitting here watching you drink out of your beer, and I was like, shit, I guess I'm just going to drink out of mine now. No, I have two beers. I didn't open the one for the episode. Oh, okay. I mean, I can always get more of this from my fridge down the hall, but, uh... No, it's fine. As long as you have one opening. Yeah, so I actually picked this up today. Um, It's pretty recently canned. Looks like it was canned about a month ago. Um... Uh, I got Position Zero from Low Res. So this nice. this is the first time it's ever been in cans, which is really exciting. This is one of my favorite beers from Low Res. It is their version of their American Pale Ale. So it's got some of the bitter, hoppy flavor. It's a crystal dry hopped APA. So it's got a little bit of a spiciness, a little bit of a floral hop to it. Nice, bright, little tropical flavor. It's a real good pale ale and i was so excited when i saw this was available on their website today so you know i had to go drive down to pilsen to go get some beer fair and our favorite bartender from low res was working the one that's always sassy towards the assholes that come in and demand (laughs) beers i love her so i am drinking uh tangerine space machine by new holland brewing um my boyfriend and i were in holland earlier today and i mean we didn't go to the tap room to get it but it's kind of fitting um i love new holland i've been to their tap room a few times while traveling for work um it's a great place and this beer is just great in general um yeah new New holland does some fun stuff yeah so this is a new england ipa um it's hopped with galaxy topaz and uh, michigan copper hops so it's a pretty like 
juicy, earthy, earthy beer. Um, so I'll open it and then we can discuss. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we made a big beer run this weekend, so yeah. we did Old Irving and Pilot Project yesterday, and then today we did Mars and Low Res. Nice. We were going to do Weiner, but they didn't respond to my Facebook message in time, and I they, they didn't respond to me until after I was already home from my beer run, so... Yeah, we are supporting Michigan beers since we're in Michigan right now. Um, yeah. I'm trying to go to bells since michigan's only closed in the next two weeks um, for now I'm hoping for now um i'm hoping that we can like pick up some stuff from bells which is like an hour and a half away but it would be pretty cool to be able to do that um and then I you know should we're see trying- if you can go drive to grand rapids there's some good stuff over in that area that you should definitely go check out if you can if they're open so i mean i can talk about mine um sure it's extremely juicy for an, a the New England, like it, it tastes like you're eating like a cutie or like a, a, a tangerine. Like it, it tastes just like tangerine with a slight bitterness that you get from the hops, but it's just like mm-hmm. super, super mild. Um, it's got a really full-bodied juice to it, though. Looks so like it's really good. Um, I know you wouldn't like it just because of how juicy it is. It, I, I can't I do a juice bomb anymore. No, and I haven't in a long time, and this is, like, kind of a nice treat. It almost feels like a dessert. I think juice bombs almost feel that's like fair. a dessert now. Yeah, um, no, I think that's fair. It's it's a good treat. Um, I think because I haven't had a juice bomb in a long time, I can appreciate it a little bit more. Um, like, say, like, five months ago, I probably would have hated drinking this, but um, it's uh, I really like it. It's, it's super juicy, super orangey. All right, well, saying? why don't you pick... Your three words for your beer, and then I'm I'll sorry, do my I'm beer. Struggling. After. Yeah, I can tell. Um, I'm gonna say tangerine. It's that's oh, in the name. I can't say tangerine. <laughs> um, I mean, juicy. chocolate, coconut, chocolate. <laughs> that's that's that where you're going. You're broaching that 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 right now. All right. Um, I'm going to say juicy. It's a little sweet, but not overly sweet. Um, so it's kind of kind of sweet. Um, and full-bodied. Okay. Um, so my beer is... I would describe it as it's very light. The flavor doesn't really linger too heavily, and it's very easy to drink. It's super crushable. It's like a super clean finish. It almost reminds me of like a high-end Crispy Boy. Nice. Like that's how easy this is to drink, and I'm going to have to go get another one in about 30 seconds because it's so fast to drink it. I mean, it's only 6.3%, which I should not be crushing, but you know, I've done worse. It's only (laughs) 6.3%. Um... I would say this beer, um, I like the floral, clean flavor to it. I just, I think that's very standard for low res. They have very bright beers and their beers mm-hmm. are very easy to drink, even though they're, they do. they're not, they don't make an IPA. They don't have a single IPA. This their is the closest thing they have to an IPA. Yeah. It's accessible so for what they are. Because they're, they're different bought, styles. Yeah, we actually got like a ton of beer from them today and Steve had, has never been to their tap room 
And he's like, I don't even think I've had most of these beers. But he had their Pilsner he got, and he loved it. He was drinking it before we were recording. So they're nice. they're doing great work right now. But um, my three words for this beer are going to be clean, light, and hoppy. So and if I had a fourth word, I would say floral, but I don't have a fourth word. You do not have a fourth word. Um, I've actually decided to change my third word. I'm going to say it's Rather sweet. than full-bodied or yeah, whatever it's, you said. I said sweet, juicy, and I'm going to say rich instead of full-bodied. Because okay. well, it's got a like a one. really nice mouthfeel and it does feel kind of rich for being an IPA. Um, but cool. Those were the beers that we were drinking. Yeah. Um, Maybe one day get... we'll be able to sync up beers again, but we'll see. One day. When we're out of quarantine. Oh, the dream. Don't get me started. Um, Let's get into the episode. Yeah. So last episode, we normally would have celebrated the first part of Halfway to Halloween, but we we thought it would be more fun for everyone to hear kind of what we've been doing during quarantine. Um, So today we are celebrating Halfway to Halloween and the 20th anniversary of one of the most famous horror franchises. I mean, it's tacky Biggest. horror, but yeah. it's a it's a really well known horror franchise that mm-hmm. came out twenty years ago. You want to say it? I, I thought you were going to say it. Oh, I, I can say it. Up, I led <laughs> up to it. Um, it's Final Destination. Yeah. So, so the first Final Destination film came out March seventeenth of two thousand. Yeah, so just a little bit over their 20th anniversary. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, it's perfect for Halfway to Halloween, because this movie, while a horror Mm -hmm. franchise, is actually not really that horror It's not that scary. It's more like gore. It's super gory, but it's almost like funny gory, because it's so over the top and excessive. Yeah. Yeah, and we thought... Oh, you go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you can go ahead. No, I was going to go into some background on the franchise yeah, itself. Let's do so. that. Okay, so I was going to say, so Final Destination as a franchise consists of five movies, two comic books, and nine novels. Yeah, when doing research for this, I it was the first time I'd ever heard that there are novels and comic books about this franchise. I thought for some reason there were like 12 movies. And when I, I also out, there were that. only five. And I also, when I found out how long ago the fifth movie came out, I was really confused because I thought the fifth movie had come out like recently. Oh no, that fifth movie came out almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So I am in the same boat. I, I remember telling you like, let's just watch up to this, this number. Cause there's like 45 other movies. No, there was only yeah. two more. Um, yeah, there was I thought there more. were like 12 and yeah, I thought I like too. one came out like a year ago or two years ago. No. So I thought there were five, but I thought the fifth one came out like recently. Oh no. no so yeah. It came out 10 years ago. I thought there were seven, I think. Um, and I thought that one had like recently come out, but no, it has not. Um, we are just <laughs> so being Mandela. Yeah, pretty much. So Uh, A fun thing about the concept for this, it's actually based around an unproduced spec script for the X-Files. So the writer, Jeffrey Reddick, um, actually wrote a script for the X-Files and sent it in. And it was like, 
never opened. It was like literally returned and sent back to him. And then he ended up making it into a movie script. And that's how the first Final Destination came to be. Yep. And he was inspired um, by having read a story about a woman who was on vacation. And her mom called and told her not to take the flight. Um, She had a really bad feeling about it. And so she switched flights and the plane that she was supposed to take crashed. And that's kind of what inspired the movie. That's crazy. I didn't even find that in my research, so that's really interesting. As a concept for all five of the films, they all center around a small group of people who escape their impending death when one of them has a sudden vision and warns them that they're all about to die in a terrible mass casualty accident. Yep. Um, by avoiding their death, they all end up dying in bizarre accidents actually I saw this uh, description for the way they die, and I it's so spot on. It's it, They're basically just Rube Goldberg machines. Yep, I saw that too. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's the best way to describe how insane all of this is. Yeah. They're just like um, the most complex deaths ever. And then the other kind of like noteworthy thing, an interesting thing about this, is that the antagonist is not like a physical character. I mean, it it's is. The wind basically the wind i mean it's death but well yeah but they always represent death as wind like when you physically see death it's like a wind right it's like death personified which is like not a typical slasher or like murderer or anything like that like would typically be in like a horror franchise it's like more of a supernatural horror franchise than anything else um one thing i did find out in doing research though is that Death is actually in every single movie, like, as a person, like, as a character. Oh, tell me more. This is fun. Let's go. So, um, the actor's name is Tony Todd. He plays... Oh, it's, that's Candyman, isn't it? (laughs) It's Candyman. I made a note Um, about that. So I didn't make a note that he was death. I just made a note, here comes Candyman again. (laughs) Yeah, so he's, he's death. So he plays, um, a mortician. He's only in the first, second, and fifth film, though. He's not in the... Or in the third, he's a voice. In the fourth, he's not in it. Yeah. So he's um, technically death. He plays a mortician in the first two... In all of them, I believe. And then in three... His name is, like... uh, What's his character? William Bloodworth. That's what it is. Um, And he, like, warns them and tells them, like, oh, if you have... Uh, trick death and he will come back to get you and like kind of warns them he talks of about what they need specifically to be like uh he calls it death's design is what he right. calls it constantly and like how yeah, you so cheat like, death's design yep in the first one he says like you've you've cheated death so he's going back in order and then the second one they i think he says like you've cheated death so he's going backwards and then in the fifth one, he says, you've cheated death, so now you have to murder, you have to kill someone and you take their he lifespan. He talks about how you could kill someone in order take their to lifespan. prevent. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, sorry. In the second one, he says that uh, they're going backwards, oh, but li- only new life can, can yep, stop death. And that's can why reset. They, we'll go into that, but. Yep. Um, which is interesting because I, for, I don't think I ever really realized that he was supposed to be death. I just thought he was just like some random character. And then in doing research, it was like, this is no, that's, that's death kind of telling them. And then like really manipulating the situation to fall into like his plan, his overall plan. My notes were the token black man is here again to talk about death and be the wise man to direct everyone in the right direction. Turns out so, he's personification of death. 
<laughs> so let's actually start before we get into the movies themselves yeah. with um, what was your first experience watching any part of the franchise, whether it be the first, second, third, yeah. who cares? Like, what was your first memory of watching part of the franchise? So I watched the first one. Um, I cannot, I can't really remember where. Um, I think it was like, it was when I was younger. So I was probably like maybe 12, 13, the oldest maybe. Um, and I think it was maybe, I think it was on TV. Like on HBO or something. Um, and I watched it and was not expecting it to be what it was, but loved how like ridiculous and over the top it was. Yeah. So I think my first experience was, at least first I can remember, actually was my senior year of high school. So it would have been twenty, well, it would have been twenty ten that we watched it. We, my, my group of friends and I, hung out on Halloween that year, and we decided to like rent Final mm-hmm. Destination. And so I actually didn't see the first one until the fifth one was like already out. Oh wow! I had really? No idea. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I think I probably watched the first one in, like, 2000, maybe 2004, 2000, yeah, 2003, 2004, I was, like, 13 or 14, I, I, I think it was on like TV. I knew what the movies were, but I had never actually seen anything until 2010. Actually, my, re, like, my watch through of these movies in preparation for this was, like, the second time I had seen most of these oh, movies. Oh, really? Um... I want to say it was on TV, but I actually don't think that's true. I think somebody may have brought it over and, like, during, like, a family get-together, and, like, we watched it. Mm-hmm. By we, I mean all the like, younger people watched it. Yeah. Um, I remember being incredibly confused, because, like, I think I was too young to really understand the plot point, and then I was like, why is this guy getting off the plane? Like, why is he, why is this happening? And then was really mostly watching it for, like, the gore, because I, I loved that stuff when I was younger, and, like, as an adult, I kind of hate it. Um... But yeah, that was my first experience. Um, I do have a question for you. Which one's your favorite? Um, as an actual film, I like the first one, but I think my favorite for how ridiculous it is is number four, the three D one. Mm-hmm. But um, I in my like re looking through all of this. Did you know the highest rated movie on of all of these, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is number five? I did not, but like while looking at lists of everyone's favorite deaths, um, five is pretty high up there. Well, so the deaths are pretty, like, bananas in five, but five actually is the only one that's considered certified fresh, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. It received a 62%, which is... Almost Not great. double. It, I mean, compared to the fact that, like, one is, like, 30-something percent. Mm. Okay. So that's... the People really liked Five. Got Actually, uh, I would say One... I, th- I still think One is my favorite to, like, watch. But the, death, the deaths in Four are just insane. One is my favorite to watch just... Because, I think it was because of, it's my it's the first one I watched. Yeah. Um, I also love the deaths in one. Like, some of them are just, like, over the top, like, ridiculous. Like, oh, no, two has some ridiculous two deaths. Two has That's some bananas it deaths. It's two. Two is the one I think that has fucked me up the most and made yeah. me the most afraid of irrational things. 
I would agree with that, actually, because, yeah. you know, can we can we go ahead and get into that? Let's get into Final Destination, the original, the one we are celebrating today. It came out in 2000, directed by James Wong. Um, the premise is that a group of high school seniors are going on a 10-day trip from to Paris from JFK Airport. Alex, the main character, um, in his premonition, has, notices a broken tray table and on his like, flight seat and has a vision that the entire plane is going to explode, killing everyone on board. And so him and seven or six other people get are pulled off the flight and um, they are the ones that are facing death for the first time. So the first death is Alex's friend Todd. So Todd is strangled to death by a like drying rack in the shower. Is that what you call that? Where it's yeah, like the it's wire like a, drying hanging rack? It's like a cord. That's yeah. basically used as like a drying rack. I don't. Yeah, is that like a '90s thing? Because I don't really know. I don't I've know. I've seen, seen it before. in hotels more than I've seen it in houses. So okay, yeah, I've never but, really seen that so before. He is strangled to death because he slips on water that mysteriously leaks out of his toilet, and then all of a sudden, like, pulls itself back in after he dies. But yep. the the fun thing is that because this is the first death. During this sequence, Alex is reading a like penthouse magazine, and it he gets startled by an owl, and he throws his magazine into the fan, and the fan spits back a piece of the magazine that just says Todd. That's yep. how he knows that something's wrong with Todd. And that's yep. death in the wind showing itself. Uh, but originally, because this is the first time this has happened, the family assumes that Todd has mur- killed himself over grief yep. because his brother was on the flight, and they yeah. blame Alex for pushing him to such grief. And one of my favorite lines in the movie is, he's like, why would he make plans to kill himself, or, or why would he make plans with me next week if he was going to kill himself? And the family just, like, storms off, and it's the most, like, no feeling emotionless line it's such bullshit um so death number two is terry so she mm-hmm. uh my notes are that they're all of the survivors i mean beyond todd because he's dead are at a coffee shop and terry and her boyfriend arrive and her boyfriend's kind of a dick but Alex and Carter, who is Terry's boyfriend, get into like a physical fight. And in Terry's form of breaking them up, she storms off angry and gets immediately hit by a bus. And that's yeah, probably like the like biggest jump scare of the movie is her getting smashed by that bus. I also think that that scene is parodied a lot. Yeah. And the like, like, girl getting movie. hit by a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after she dies, they learn that the fuel pump overlay thing in the plane is showing where the mm-hmm. explosion was coming from, and that's how they're able to track back where everyone was seated. And so who death, first. Yeah. So death number three is Miss Luton, so that's their teacher. And this is, like, one of those things where it's just, like, there's no way she was going to survive it. It was so many things built up to where she was. 
So, like, her mug cracked because the water was too hot. And then she pours vodka into her mug. And the vodka's dripping on the floor. And the vodka drips onto her computer. And that sparks. And the fire starts. Yeah, there were, like, multiple ways that she was going to die during that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. That one is my personal opinion of, like, the most... Well, that plus... Or one other one that you'll talk about in about two, I think. Um are, like, my votes for the most ridiculous and over-the-top. Because, yeah, like, there I, were all these, like, situations that led the up red to herrings that, that like, led yeah. up. Like, I thought she was going to die so many different times. but Yeah, like, I thought happens, she was going to die from, like, the knife. Yeah. So, she, in the beginning of this, throws, like, a towel over her knife block. And after this, you know, explosion happens in her computer, she... Um, gets a, like, a laceration on her neck from her computer screen, and so she ends up trying, like, laying up, somehow getting knocked onto her kitchen floor, and she grabs the towel on the knife block, and she pulls on the towel to grab it, and all the knives, like, fall on her. And she gets hit right in the chest. And then eventually, Alex shows up at her house and, like, tries to help her, but an explosion knocks over her, like, kitchen shelf and hits the kitchen chair and just full-blown impales her. Because she's still alive when he gets there. Yeah, I also felt terrible for her because of that. Because, like, obviously it was super painful because she had, like, Mm -hmm. knives in her and then, like, was impaled. Also had her neck sliced open. Right. Um, And then is, like, bleeding to death in multiple ways, plus in, like, a and like her house is about to explode like that was just completely like let's kill her five times yeah seriously that's what i felt so the fourth death is billy which is sean william scott um so they're all in the car together for some reason and carter is driving and he's trying to be super like death can't you know i control my own destiny and all that bullshit and uh, the car gets stuck pretty much in between, like, the bars of the train tracks. So everyone no, gets I out. No, I thought he stopped He intentionally parked there, but then yeah. it becomes basically stuck because the train tracks come down. Right. And they all get out, except for Carter, and then he realizes he's stuck, and Alex pulls him, like, just in the well, nick of time. He's stuck because his, like, seatbelt breaks. And, like, right, he can't so get his... Out. Right, but then his seatbelt ends up ripping, which is what Alex saw in his premonition in the back seat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then immediately because, because he saved Carter and moved on to the next person, which was Billy. And this is my second most ridiculous death. So the there's like metal, like shrapnel, basically from from the car being hit by the train underneath the train tracks that like somehow flies up hits the train and flies and cleanly decapitates billy yeah and like the way that scene was shot is just so ridiculous that like i laugh every time like normally oh yeah it's funny out but like him getting his head cut off by a piece of flying metal is just so funny to me and i don't know why so then, death number five would have been Claire, and I thought her name was Claire the entire movie. I also and thought I got her name really was Claire. angry when I found out her name was Claire. So name was fucking Claire Rivers. I thought her name was Claire as well, and 
like reading about it and then i kept seeing clear i was like who the fuck like edited this because they spelled it wrong and then eventually was like oh no her name is clear not claire 10 times worse that's so much worse that's a bad name so death number five would have been clear there is a lightning strike outside of her house that hits a wire and knocks out her power. The wire is basically like flailing like a tube man outside of her apart or her house. Yeah, basically it's like flailing around. And um, she realizes that there the flailing wire is right by her wood or her metalworking project and her dog is outside. So uh, I made a note that a bunch of shit happens to get her into her car and in, out onto the driveway with the live wire. Because, like, mm-hmm. nothing really made sense as to, like, why she got into her car. Yeah. So Alex shows up and is trying to get the wire off of her car with a shovel. But the shovel ends up hitting the wire and flying away and hitting, like, a compression pump of some sort that shoots. Something like that, yeah. Shoots, like, a bunch of compressed air, like, a, a holder of compressed air under the car. And Wait, it you, lights a fire under the you, car. You missed the fact that like when alex realizes what's happening he's like hiding in a fortified cabin to like oh fight i didn't miss death. that that's not the death no i know i'm just saying like that's what was happening he was hiding because he was expecting to like be next so he and thought then- he was going to be next because in his premonition he had switched seats with a different girl yeah. and then he realizes he never actually switched seats right um, so Claire was next, but he was, like, hiding in a cabin, like, ready to fight it, fight death, and then realizes it. And then, while he's rushing to go save her, he's being chased by, like, police the agents. FBI, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it gets gets over more over the top until he gets to Claire. Yeah, but so, s- something from, like, this explosion with the shovel ends up flying under Claire's car, and Alex is like, you have to get out of the car. I will grab the wire so that you can escape before your car explodes. And then my note was, mm-hmm. somehow he ends up living. Because um, he should have died. Yes. yes, he should have died. Um, then basically it ends with Alex, Claire, and Carter, who have also they actually go. To, they all go to Paris six months after this, and they're all sitting at like a Parisian cafe. A... Yep bus goes by and almost hits Alex, but the bus ends up swerving and crashing into a large neon sign that swings down and misses Alex, but it swings back around and ends up killing Carter. And that's the last scene of the movie. Yeah, so, like, at this point, you kind of realize that, like, death is catching on to the fact that they know, um, because, like, when 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 Alex saved um, Claire, um, he assumes that because he saved her that it skipped him. Right. Um, but it didn't. It just was waiting. And then yeah. she saves him. Um, and then he dies. Or then Carter dies and gets hit by, yeah. like, a billboard. It's like a big no. neon, like, sign. Yeah. Which was one of my favorites. Like, that was my third favorite. That's that's one of my favorite deaths in this movie. It's so like unexpected. Yeah. It just comes so quickly. Cause his line is literally, okay, who's next? And yep. then he gets hit. It's like, Ooh, yep. every time. Um, so let's get into final destination two, 
came out in January of 2003, was directed by David R. Ellis, who's actually really well known for his stunt coordination. Um, This movie was actually written by the same guy that wrote The Butterfly Effect. So, fun times. Movie takes place one year after Flight 180 crashed. And it's the focus around, the the initial concept is that a bunch of college students are heading to Daytona Beach for spring break. Um, Kimberly, the main character, while driving, sees a deadly car pileup caused by a semi-truck carrying logs, which has forever scarred me from being behind a truck carrying logs. Same. Um, She stalls her car on the highway entrance ramp and prevents people from entering the highway. So I did note that the, the log car like spill was caused by coffee spills onto the guy's lap and then he swerves and all the logs fly off yeah so i just want to also agree that like that has scarred me for life and i will not drive behind a log truck because i just imagine like a log coming through my windshield like that one scene yep like that scene was incredibly traumatizing um so we already mentioned that like this movie has the deaths that have scarred us the most for life. Yeah, um, it does. I can name, like, three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, at least three. There's there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, so, people that were saved. Um, pretty much every death, I think, in this has scarred me for life from something. In some um, way of it, yeah. It. Yeah. So, she saved um, a bunch of people. Yeah, but what the main thing that happens to start all of this is that, so in her premonition, her and her friends in the car die last, and they're hit by a, like, flaming semi-truck from hell, and the, in real life, she is saved by the police officer who's questioning her about why she blocked the entrance ramp, and her friends still get hit, but they're the ones that are killed first, because... That's just the way Change, it happened. Chain of events. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they eventually learn, they learn pretty quickly about the curse of Flight 180, which is... That's like, um, it happens in like the, the next scene, is they talk about yeah. the Flight 180. Eugene, yep. the teacher, talks about Flight 180 immediately. They're like, yeah. this is the one year anniversary of Flight 180, and they believed that, you know, death came to get everyone in order that they would have died. Yep. Um, and the first death in this, um, is one of the super scarring ones. Um, really? That's what you, you think this is the scarring one? I think this is terrifying for some reason. Um, so basically, uh, there is a fire in one of the survivor's apartments. So it's, and the character's like, name is Evan and he's a yeah. recent lottery winner. Um, so he has yeah. all of this like gaudy jewelry because he's now super wealthy suddenly. And... He gets his hand stuck, and the gar- his ring goes into the garbage disposal, and then he's wearing this big-ass watch and puts his hand down to grab it, and his hand gets stuck as, like, a fire is going on in his apartment. Yeah, and you think that, like, his hand's gonna get eaten by the garbage disposal, like, up to his shoulder, and that's how he's gonna die, and then you think, like, the fire's gonna kill him, but he manages to get out and get onto the fire escape and climb down. And so then, one thing to note is that when he gets his hand unstuck, his window suddenly seals shut, and then he breaks the window, and that's how he has to get in the fire escape. Yeah, and then he climbs down, and 
basically slips. He slips on spaghetti that he had previously thrown out the window. He's the one that put the spaghetti there. Yep. Um, And then falls on his back, and the fire escape ladder comes down and impales him on the eye. And I don't know why, but every time I see a fire escape ladder, that's the first thing I think of. Really? I thought you were going to think of, like, a garbage disposal being the thing that would scare you the most out of that. No. Because that's I mean, what because... scares me the most. Because, believe me, I'm not laying face no, down No, I mean, that scares me in general. But, that scares me in general, but, like, I've seen that happen in multiple movies. Like, from this movie, the fire escape, deca- like, impaling your eye is the big yeah. one. Yeah. But, so, after Evan dies, we find out that Alex, the main character from the first movie, actually died in between movies by a brick just falling and hitting him on the head. Super uneventful death. you can't escape death. Yeah, you You can't can't escape escape death, death. but that one was a really shitty death. Yeah, and that was actually kind of disappointing to find out about, because, like, I had hoped that they had survived, but, like, after all, after everything they went through, like... A brick. I hoped he I had a more eventful like, death than just like a brick yeah, falling and hitting him on the head. Same. Um, so death number two is this character Tim, who's the son. So he's in the car in the premonition with his mom Nora. So he's at the dentist's office getting a filling, and the kid's a total creep. Um, but he's on like laughing gas getting a filling, and the oxygen goes off, and for some reason above his head there's like a fish mobile on the ceiling and one of the fishes falls into his mouth. So you think he's going to die from that. But after they leave the dentist's office, there's a bunch of pigeons on the ground, you know, those birds that aren't real. Yep. And they come out of the dentist's office and he runs through the birds to scare them. And one of the pigeons hits a nearby construction worker who is somehow knocked into their, like, crane, and the crane falls, and, like, full-on hits him, and, like, crushes him to death. Well, like, a window pane. It's, like, a piece of glass that just, like, crushes him, mm-hmm. and, like, basically, like, crushes him and, like, liquefies him. Yeah, he's just, like, it is. flat. Yeah. Um, and then, to that point, I will say that this movie, I feel like, had the most red herrings for deaths. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, and then in between, um, Evan dying and Tim dying, Kim, uh, the main character who saw the pileup happening, goes to see Clear, who we mentioned, um, who is like a voluntary, yeah, she's admitted admitted herself into like a, like a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. So that death can't get to her. Yep. So, um, Clear, like, refuses to help, but then she realizes that it's, like, the opposite of what she's gone through, so these, everyone's dying reverse, um, and then basically tells her to, like, look out for signs of death. Mm-hmm. But, so, the third death in the movie is Nora, so Tim's mom, and this is the one, I think, that has freaked me out the most, death-wise. Um. Yeah, Nora is So, pretty- the, the survivors all get together and are like having a meeting and so Eugene who's the teacher is a survivor plus Nora all are in an elevator together and um, Nora gets her braid caught there's another guy in the elevator that's like a, got up like a case of like 
hooked hands. Prosthetics, yeah. Yeah. And so she gets her hair caught on one of the, like, hooks, like the prosthetics. And she's trying to get out of the elevator and her body gets out, but her head is still stuck because it's stuck to the, like, yep. prosthetic. And the and elevator, like, the doors don't close, but it starts moving up. Yeah, so the door is, like, we already, like, at this point know that the elevator doesn't work entirely properly. Yeah. Because one of the other characters gets his foot stuck in the elevator, but, like, manages to get it out. But, so, we know the elevator's busted, and so her head is still in the elevator, and it's moving up, but the doors aren't closed. And I think you can know, guess what happens. She gets decapitated yeah. by the elevator. It's it's super um, gross, and it's super terrifying, and I'm a- terribly afraid of this happening to me. That one is probably the most scarring death for me. Um, it's terrifying, and our friends just got stuck in an elevator oh, what a, that's, recently. We were going to watch Final Trevor. Destination this past week, and Trevor was like, no, it's too fresh. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> um, so the next death, I believe. Well, I think one thing to note is that the remaining survivors are Kat, who's the businesswoman, um, Eugene, the teacher, Burke, the police officer, and Rory, the stoner dude. Um, they're all in the car together, and they realize that because of Flight 180, they, and the impact, or the, because of things that happened to the cast of the first movie, they all avoided death in some way. So, like, Kat was in the bus that hit Terry in the first movie, Eugene yep. got transferred to replace Miss Luton, Burke was at Billy's, you know, going to take care of Billy's body instead of being at a fatal shootout that kills his partner. Yep. And then Rory missed a building collapse because he was at the site where Carter was killed in Paris. Yeah, and um, that's that's why it's moving backwards. Yeah. And then since Burke saved Kim from being hit, she's last on the list because she mm-hmm. would have been first. Right. Um, so, because they're all driving together, um, the car has, like, a blowout, like, one of the cars, one of the wheels blows out, and they swerve onto a farm, um, and the back of the car is, like, penetrated by, like, PVC pipes, um, and, like, one hits Eugene, he goes to the hospital, but the other, um, like, goes through the... Headrest. Headrest. The car seat headrest. Yeah, the car, the front seat headrest. Yeah. Driver's seat headrest. Um, and where Kat is sitting. Yeah, where Kat's still sitting, and um, she, like, can't lean back because it's, like, sharpened, and it's yeah. right by her head. Um, yeah. And they're trying to, like, cut her out. But um, she's stuck because a log hit her, so she's, like, pinned yeah. to the seat. Yeah, it's, like, on her lap, and she's, like, she can't get out, and they're trying to, like, cut her out slowly, basically. Um... And so this is like another situation um, where there's a bunch of things leaning up to this death. Um, but they're using the jaws of life to get her out. And he accidentally, like, one of the guys trying to save her accidentally, like, activates her um, airbags. Airbag. And it shoves her head back and, like, basically impales her on that PVC pipe. And that's what yep. another one of the deaths that have, like, fucked me up. Being um, impaled on PVC pipes? Yeah, I don't know why. It's just, yeah. 
And then the next one that's like resulting from this one is also like one of my most notable deaths just because it's completely over the top. But she's oh, this like, one's so over the top. As she's die, like as she's like sitting there before she dies, she's having a cigarette. She dies. Her cigarette falls out of her hand and goes into a gas leak that was coming from like the car and going leading into the news van. And then the van explodes and sends like a barbed wire through the air and it's like cuts this guy into three pieces and like. It cuts him into three pieces, and he stands there for a second, and then, like, the three pieces, They all fall apart. And then he sees his intestines come out, and it's, like, the most over-the-top, ridiculous death, but it's also the grossest one. So then, the next thing I did was I made a note that Eugene, while in the hospital, was almost killed because his, like, vents start sealing off and his oxygen starts failing in the hospital, and because, you know, we had talked earlier about how they think that by giving life, you know... They could prevent death. So one of the girls yeah. that was backed up in the, like, back up in the on-ramp was a pregnant woman. So they want her, they, like, are trying to get her to give birth. So she gives birth, and they think things are fine, but then Kim realizes that she was never going to die in the first place. So then yep. it becomes back to Eugene. And so Clear leaves everyone. They all go to, like, check on the pregnant woman. But Clear goes to check on Eugene, And the same thing happens, vents close, oxygen malfunctions, and an explosion happens in Eugene's room, and Clear and Eugene are both killed immediately. So that, at that point, everybody from Flight 180 is dead. Dead. Yep. So from, everyone from Final Station 1 is dead, um, and then nearly everyone from 2 is dead. So then, Um, the seventh death- realizes that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so the seventh death is technically, like, Kim realizing what's happening, and she steals an ambulance and drives it into the lake based on a previous premonition she's had, thinking that, like, that was going to be one of the deaths that was going to happen. And so Burke, I said technically it's death seven, so Burke, the cop, jumps in to save her, but she's technically dying, being in the water. Yeah, she flatlines, but gets resuscitated, and then... So death number eight is when the before cat dies, a news like in the van, like wheel blows out. They swerve in like by a news van, and the news van is what's the one leaking all of the oil that causes the mm-hmm. explosion that kills Rory. Um, they Kim pulls this young boy Brian out of the way of being hit by the van. So death number eight is Brian because they're at. Burke and Kim get invited to a dinner no, with Rory Brian's saves family. Brian. Oh, I'm sorry. Rory saves Brian, not Kim. You're she, right. Like, pulls him out. Yeah. So, um, but still, so Brian gets saved, and then at the end of all of this, the the police officer Burke and Kim get invited to dinner with Brian's family, and a grill explodes and basically just kills Brian. In front of everyone. Yeah, which is, like, literally out of nowhere, last death, and the movie's over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So just completely ridiculous on that yeah. one, to be honest. So, let's jump into the third one. So, Final Destination 3 came out in 2003 and was directed by James Wong again. So, in a deleted scene for this movie, they actually cue up that Kim and Burke died in a wood chipper accident. So it's never discussed during the movie, but it's in a deleted scene for the movie. So they discuss how they actually died. So at this point, going into this movie, assume everyone's dead. Yeah. 
So the premise is that there's like a high school graduation party at an amusement park and the group is going on a ride called Devil's Flight, which actually the voice of Devil's Flight is Tony Todd, who is Candyman. Yep. Um, so I did make a note that apparently the devil in the movie had a full penis underneath its like robe thing. So the main character, Wendy, gets a bad feeling about the ride as she's going on and has a premonition that there is a uh, leak in one of the carts and one of the chains lets go. And one of the characters has a camera fall from his hand that somehow knocks something within the ride that ends up releasing carts from one another and releasing seatbelts and obviously in causing a bunch of deaths. So the first major death in this movie is two characters. Um, their names are Ashlyn and Ashley. And this is one of the more ridiculous deaths in this movie. So they're at a tanning salon and they're walking around drinking big gulps and messing with the room temperature, which is like a big no-no for tanning salons. And while they're in their tanning beds, because they have made up messed with all these things, it messes with the VAC, which then ends up, there's a gust from the air conditioning that knocks things down within the room and ends up locking the girls into their tanning beds. And they're continuing to heat up and the glass breaks within their beds and they end up, the two of them end up burning to death within their tanning beds. Mm-hmm. The second death in this movie is Frankie and he's kind of like a major creep and like films, tries to films girls boobs on the ride um, the main character, Wendy, and her best friend's boyfriend, Kevin, are in a car going through, like, a drive through line, and a truck comes and hits them from behind, and they, the two of them end up jumping out, but Frankie's in the very front car, and the engine block from one of the cars in front of him hits him in the head, and he's pretty much just, like, killed by the engine block from the back of the head. Okay. So... Um, after that, they learn that Wendy has been taking all of these photos of everyone and they realize all of the clues to their deaths are within those photos. So the third death is this jock guy, Lewis, and he's in a weight room. And this is one of like the crazier deaths in this movie. Um, he's using a weight machine and there's swords on the sign above his machine and the swords somehow fall off of the sign and cut the cables on the weight machine. And the weight machine, like, comes down around and, like, crushes his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth death is this girl, Erin, who's kind of, like, one of the goth kids in her high school. This is another one of, like, the more ridiculous deaths, too. Yeah, so this one had a huge buildup that I'm, I'm honestly not going to go into, but it's this whole red herring that you think Aaron's boyfriend, Ian, is going to die. And it's like, Ian gets saved by the main character, Wendy, from being crushed by spikes. But in the process of that, Aaron falls backwards and hits a nail gun that ends up like shooting her through the head with nails. Yeah. Um, that one's tough. 
that one's crazy. That scene is bananas. Where yeah. like that that is a full Rube Goldberg machine to like get to that point. Uh-huh. The fifth death actually is a friend of the sister of the main character. So they're at a like Fourth of July party, I guess, because they're doing like a reenactment of civil or like a Revolutionary War stuff. Um, there's a bunch of fireworks going off and there's a horse that is, goes running and it's got like a, like a rope on the back of it. And the rope ends up getting tied around the main character's sister's neck. And the, the guy Kevin intervenes and stops Julie from dying. Who Julie's the sister. Um, but suddenly Julie's friend gets a flagpole through the back. (laughs) No lead up, yeah, no nothing. One. It's all of a sudden just a flagpole through the back. See, um, I kind of enjoy those are my favorite ones to be honest. Where in there's movies no are like up. the ones that you're not yeah. Like, like I I, was, I would agree, like the bus hitting someone, the flagpole through yeah, the back. Billy no in the first up. one, like the decapitation. Yeah. Yeah. Like so the red herring ones kind of like you know what's going to happen, potentially, yeah. at some point. But, like, the ones where you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Those are the most fun, I would agree. Um, yeah. So, number six is Ian, who is Aaron's boyfriend. Aaron's the one that died with the nails through her head. Mm-hmm. So, because all these fireworks are going off, a cherry picker gets hit by the fireworks and just crushes him to death. Uh-huh. It's, it's considered to be one of the most graphic, like, gore over the top death yep. in any of these films. So then five months later, uh, the final death happens. So Julie, Kevin, and Wendy are in a subway. Not intentionally there together, but they're in a subway together. Well, it's Wendy and it's Wendy and her um, college friends. Kevin. And, well it's Wendy Kevin's and her on college it. friends. And then they realize Julie Kevin's walks on in. it. And then Julie yeah, you're right. Julie gets yep. on. And then she stays on because Julie's on. Right, but so Wendy hears the devil's voice, as I've seen it called, yep. and it, it, it's it's Candyman again. He's back. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I said my notes are here's the devil's voice through the speakers. It's Candyman. Uh, Kevin and Julie are also there. Um, a mm-hmm. rat has torn up the wires to the subway, which breaks the cars apart and causes fires and explosions and shit. Julie is killed by flying debris. Kevin is pulled through the window and crushed between the train and the wall. Wendy gets off, but is actually killed by another oncoming train. Yeah, and, um, that, at this this point, this kind of ends it for, like, where I, um, voluntarily watched Final Destination up to, and then... I watched the other two just because I feel like I had to. Yeah. For the episode and then in general. Yeah. yeah, so I don't have as much about the final two, mostly because they're both, like, the, the fourth one's really bad. Like, it's really bad. Yeah. yeah. And the fifth the one, 3D I mostly one. just talked about the deaths. Yeah. So, yeah, the fifth one's only really important because it comes full circle at that point. Yeah, exactly. So, the fourth one um, is also directed by David R. Ellis, who'd be the second one. The premise is that they're at an off, a basically like off-brand NASCAR race. Yeah, they're like at the Daytona 500, essentially. Yeah, and but like a shitty version. 
um, a metal piece in the road causes a car to like fall apart and start flying into the stands and the stands fall apart and people are crushed by car parts or the stands falling apart or trampled to death, that kind of thing. So the first death in this movie is another character named Carter. Different he Carter. is a racist drunk asshole and he is a like tow truck driver and mm-hmm. there is a black security guard that was working at this off-brand NASCAR thing whose name is George. So Carter is drunk and putting up a like cross to burn in George's front yard. But then Carter's truck starts pulling away and he gets like caught by the tow truck's hook and is dragged as like the thing explodes. Yeah, and that's like another one of those chain reaction situations where like a yeah. bunch of things have to like line up perfectly so like you can tell that it's being manipulated by like death. Yeah. Number 2, my note was tampon mom and then I realized her name was Samantha <laughs> later because she's the mom that uses tampons as earplugs in her kids' ears. Yeah. So she has a bunch of red herrings where she's at like a hair salon and a bunch of things go wrong and like the people are slipping and the ceiling fan falls, but she ends up dying because there's a lawnmower across the street running that hits a stone and the stone hits her through the eye as she's leaving the hair salon. That's actually a super traumatizing death for me because like I used to mow my parents' lawn back same. in the day and like oh my God, rocks would hit the blades and be like, oh fuck, it's coming at me. And this was, like, before this movie came out, but, like, Oh, yeah, but this, this just one, made it I was like, I could have died so many times. <laughs> this makes me glad I don't have a yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so the third death was um, this guy, his name's Andy, he was a mechanic. His wife died in the accident. Mm-hmm. He, the group that's still alive at this point goes to, like, find him and talk to him. And because he works in a mechanic shop, there's a ton of dangerous stuff. Uh, A gas tank is launched somehow and ends up hitting Andy in the chest. And he flies back basically through a fence. Yeah. He dies because he gets stuck in the fence. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. My next one is there's this guy, a, a couple that was at the event. Their names are Hunt and Janet. Um... So, Hunt gets, they end up splitting up after the event, but because in the premonition they died together, Hunt gets his pants stuck to the bottom of, like, a a local swimming pool, and the pool pump ends up being blocked because he's stuck to it, and the pump reaches a maximum pressure and just sucks his insides, and he basically gets liquefied through the pool pump. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially the grossest scene that they have done um mm. and it's as th- to this point yes i can make an argument about the next movie to this about point yes scene. um i agree with that and then it's basically like guts by chuck palinuk yeah like so, exemplified in a movie you also think that because while all of this is happening the the girl janet is in a like car wash and her sunroof mysteriously opens and suddenly, like, her car, it got pipe breaks, and there's water just, like, pouring into her car. So you think that they're both going to drown. 
But then Nick, the main character, and his girlfriend, Lori, like, pull in and, like, hit her car and stop her from dying while Hunt is being liquefied by yep. the machine. So the next one to die is this glamorous cowboy. His name's Jonathan Groves. And I didn't know his name until I looked it up later. Um, he is in the hospital. And there's, like, above him, there's an old man getting into a, like a giant like tub. Cause for some reason, hospitals have in ground tubs suddenly. And the tub is starting to overflow, which is causing like water to flow through the roof into Jonathan's room. And over time, the water becomes so much that the tub just like breaks through the roof and kills Jonathan by the tub itself crushes him. <laughs> This is another, like, super ridiculous one. Um, So the next one is George, who was the security guard at the NASCAR event. He is killed by an ambulance in the parking lot after the group goes to visit Jonathan. Um, So there's a whole sequence of Nick, the main character, having another premonition about further deaths. So he thinks that... uh, Janet and Lori are going to die at a mall movie theater. And so Nick goes to stop an explosion that he thinks is going to happen behind the like movie wall at the theater. And he ends up stopping, you know, a combustible liquid leak behind the screen. So the three of them, Nick, Janet and Lori end up surviving, but they're killed at the end of the movie by a runaway semi truck. Yeah, so at this point, no Everyone's survives. dead. No one survives. So have survived any of these movies at this point. Yeah, yeah. So we're on to the final one, which I think, honestly, yep. is the most important one to be discussing beyond the first one. Um. Yeah, beyond the first and second, yeah. I think. I mean, yeah, that's fair. So twenty or Final Destination 5 came out in 2015. It was directed 2011. by... 2011. 2011? I thought... Four came out in 2011. Why did I write 2015? I don't know, but 20 f- number no, five that, came out in 2011. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't know why I write 2015. I'll start that over. So we're on to the final movie now. Um, final, final five, as it's been called, it's Final Destination Five. Came out in 2011. It was directed by Stephen Quell, who was the assistant director of both Avatar and Titanic. Avatar, the last Airbender Avatar? No, Avatar as in the James Cameron. Okay. Yeah, the James. So he worked on Titanic and Avatar with James Cameron. So he's like a big time director. I got into a whole thing about Titanic, so that's fine. (laughs) Okay. I fucking hate Titanic. There was room for both of them on that I mean, door. you're not wrong. So it's a bad but, movie. It's a bad but, movie. Um, this movie, the entire premise is that everyone works or is like in a relationship that with someone that works for this like manufacturing company. Yeah. And they're going onto a bus for a company retreat, and the concept is that under a severe wind, the bridge collapses under the bus. 
Um, my number one note is that Candyman is back and death never likes to be cheated. <laughs> I wrote that in all caps. So It doesn't. The first death in the movie is this girl named Candace and she is a gymnast. And this is a crazy scene. So yeah, she's that one at, was like insane. Doesn't make sense. So she's no. at a gymnastics gym and has all these weird lucky rituals, which I completely understand. Yeah, um, I also understand. Another girl that's not Candace is on the balance beam and comes down from a tumble and a screw enters her foot as she lands on the beam and knocks the beam over and causes a bunch of dust to fly. And Candace gets really distracted while she's on the uneven bars and she falls and basically her spine no longer exists. Yeah, so that one was just kind of ridiculous because it's like, I don't really understand what you were doing to have made your spine like liquefy in that way. But like, I feel like most people would have like tucked and rolled as they were like missing something. Like you kind of just like landed into it and like let your body fail. Yeah. I mean, or you would do something to like you you wouldn't your spine would never do that like you would either no, like, injure, like she really fall she and, just like, like fell arms or right. fall she and fell and like legs. her every single bone in her body like collapsed yeah basically yeah and like it makes no sense like realistically somebody would you would have braced yourself or you would have like like <clears throat> rolled into something like you're you're not gonna fall and then your back crack in half yeah, that doesn't happen. And then your legs break, essentially. So, the second death is the character Isaac. So, he's kind of like a creepy older guy. So, he yep. steals a spa coupon from one of his coworkers' desks and goes to use it. And while he's there, he's, like, hitting on this younger Asian woman in the front asking for a happy ending. But then... When he goes into the massage, it's like this older woman that is completely understands English, but is speaking Chinese and acting mm-hmm. as though she doesn't understand English solely because this guy's such an asshole. Uh-huh. So he's, this guy is under acupuncture and a fire starts and he ends up falling off of the massage bed onto all of the needles and eventually a bunch of other Rube Goldberg type stuff happens and he is crushed to death by a Buddha that falls off of a shelf and like hits him in the head. Yep. Um, the third death actually is a really traumatic one as well. So it's the character I Olivia. Agree. This is the reason I will never get this. Ag- agreed. I mean, I have other reasons I physically cannot, but this is the reason why oh, I would. No. This I is will the reason I'm terrified it. of this. Okay, so this woman named Olivia that works for the company, she is getting LASIK eye surgery, and a, mal- a malfunction happens during her surgery that ends up completely cutting the lasers, cut her face, and completely destroy her eye. It's um, super gory, well, super violent. It's the most like hor- one of the like the most horrifying scenes to watch. So this one, it like sears her eye in her hand. Um, she frees herself and then falls out the window onto a car, and her yeah, so, eyeball pops out of the socket. So yeah, so the reason that she slipped and falls onto her car is because they like let her hold a teddy bear. 
And the teddy bear is like, she's like gripping it so hard that she rips the eyeball out. And then she slips on the eyeball after she's totally seared herself by the lasers and this malfunctioned Mm -hmm. uh, LASIK. And that she falls out the window and dies when she hits a car below her. But that scene of the scene with the LASIK, oh my God, I. So it's. I'm like terrified of getting LASIK um, for. Multiple reasons, but this is one of them. So, the next important thing to note after the horrific LASIK eye surgery scene. um, So, Roy, who is one of the... He wasn't a part of the accident, but he is an older man that works for this manufacturing company. And Nathan, who was a part of the premonition of the accident, has heard the story that you can take another's life to prevent your own death within death's design, according to Bloodworth. So, supposedly, and I say this in air quotes, because based on what you see in the movie, Roy has already gotten into several fights with the character Nathan, and a piece of machinery falls from the ceiling that kills Roy instead of Nathan. And the group like has a sit down and is like, okay, Nathan, did you kill him? And he's like, doesn't really give an answer of like, did you push him in front of the machinery? But Nathan would have been next that takes on to the character Dennis. So Dennis is like a higher up at the company, like middle management guy and he comes down as the group is confronting Nathan about killing Roy. And right. Dennis ends up getting killed when a piece of metal flies off the machine. And he also pretty much gets, like, nerfed right there. Yep. So, so realizing... he, Yeah, Nathan thinks he cheated death. Cheated death by taking Royal, Roy's lifespan. Yep. So, um, another character, Peter, is next in line, and he he is thinking that he's going to kill someone random in order to prevent his own death, but then decides to try and kill the girlfriend of the main character. Well... Because she didn't die in the premonition. Peter's been unstable because he saw his girlfriend die. Who's Peter's girlfriend? Candace. Oh, that's... Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I didn't put... I knew... I've seen this, but I didn't pay enough attention rewatching. Peter was at the gym when she died, right? Yep. So Peter has been unstable since he saw his girlfriend, Candace, who was a gymnast, die. And that's kind of why he, like, decides to turn on Sam and Molly and decide to, like, murder Molly because he yeah. knows that she doesn't die and decides to take her lifespan. Because, like, he's been going crazy after having seen Candace die. Yeah. And um, that's kind of why he turns. Yeah. Thanks for that context. Because I completely forgot. Because um, literally today, I just rewatched all the death scenes. <laughs> yeah. So, so um... You go ahead. I was going to say, Peter, um, like, pulls a gun on Sam and Molly while they're on a date. Um, and they, like, run to the kitchen. And Agent Block 
comes in because he hears the gunshots and Sam, or sorry, not Sam, Peter kills Agent Block. Um, and by doing that, he thinks he's safe from death and like has claimed the agent's uh, lifespan, but then decides to murder Sam and Molly anyways so that they don't, like, they aren't witnesses. Um, so Peter, Sam, Molly are fighting. Peter knocks Sam unconscious. Peter's about to kill Molly. Sam wakes up and kills him with a skewer. And Sam then thinks that he has Block's lifespan by having killed Peter because Peter had Block's lifespan. This is where it gets complicated. Yeah. Uh... Um, And then after that, Sam and Molly board a plane... Oh, Paris. I love this part. This is my favorite part. They board a plane to Paris. As they take their seats, they notice um, some people being removed from the plane. And one of them is Alex Browning from... Well, it's the all of movie. them. They notice that it's specifically the fight being pulled off the plane because Carter and Alex got into the fight in the first movie. And why they, that's why they were removed from the plane. Right. And so this kind of reveals that they're on flight 180 from the first film and they aren't able to leave. They take their seats. Um, when the lights dim off, Sam looks at his plane ticket. It's dated the same day of the, the flight that something it's like March. It's like May something 2000, May something 2000. Um, so everything that we've seen in final, final destination five has been previous to the first movie. And I will say, Yeah, so this this turned into a prequel. So the final death of this movie is Nathan, who was the guy. He's at a... um, So Nathan is at a bar for... He's not on the flight. We don't know anything about what's going on. He has no idea what's going on. He is at a memorial for Roy, the guy that he technically kind of killed... He's at his memorial at a bar, and suddenly the plane debris kills him and flies through the roof. Yeah. So Sam and Molly die in the plane crap, and like the plane explosion, and then Nathan dies because of a piece of the plane killing him. Um, And then it turns out that basically Roy was close to dying. He had a brain aneurysm that would have killed him. Um, and then there was a reason that Block wasn't going to survive either. And I can't remember what it was. No, I don't remember. I wasn't paying significant enough attention to that. Um, yeah, I can't remember that either. But, but basically, like, they took lives of people that were not going to live very long. Yeah. And that's why they all died. Yeah. So, turns out, this whole thing goes in a full circle. Yeah, so it's what's interest, interesting to me is that like as they build on each movie, it becomes more apparent that death is giving them these visions to kill them in a different way. I just think it's really interesting that essentially like up until this movie, you have this understanding that like the survivors are trying to cheat death. Yeah. But you kind of realize with the fifth movie that like death is just kind of stringing them along and it's all part of his plan yeah so like you think that there is and like as you move forward like you 
everyone's dying, but you still think that there's a small chance that they could be, they could, they could, they could win. They could cheat it. But you realize that it's kind of like a game and he's like letting them, he's giving them these, um, premonitions and like playing with them almost and toying with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always comes and collects at this point and like we have not seen anyone survive. Yeah. Um, and like you, you think that they're doing well and that they're winning, but nobody's actually won. Yeah. Ooh, you summed that up really well. So, rather than doing final thoughts, why don't we just talk through our personal five favorite... Let's just do five favorite deaths from the franchise. Okay. Let's go number five. Five to one. And we'll count down. Okay. Yeah. So, I think my personal favorite or fifth favorite... Let's count down least... Let's go from, like number five to number one. Right. I'm I'm trying to think backwards. Okay. Give a girl a second to think. No, you're fine. So, my number five is the girl getting impaled by the PVC pipe. Oh, cat from two? Cat getting impaled. Yeah, from two. Um, I... Because, like, they're trying to save her, and it's like, how often does, like, an EMT or someone trying to save you, like, accidentally kill you? Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Um, so I think my number five is probably Aaron from Final Destination Three when she gets the nail gun to the back of the head because there was so much of like a build up to her dying yep. that it was just so nuts. She basically, um, um, according to a quote that I read. I don't know how Pinhead makes nails in your head look so elegant, but I think that's what Aaron's going for. Yeah. Um, So, my number four is Rory being, like, cut into three pieces from The Wire in uh, number two. Uh, Number three. Three for me is probably... Number four. Oh, my... Why did you just say number three and number two? Did I? Yeah. Oh, I said number three. It was like the movies. Oh, got it. Yeah, I got it. Number three from number two. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, why did you just say three and two if I'm talking about... Sorry. Four. No, sorry. My fourth, my fourth favorite death is Rory being killed okay. in number two. Got it. Okay. I got you got me really confused. My Sorry. my fourth favorite death is when Ashley and Ashlyn get burned to death in their tanning beds in number three. Okay. Um my third favorite is Candace like disintegrating. <laughs> like turning into liquid in number five. Yeah, that's uh that's actually my number two. So we'll come back to that. So, I think my number three is Sam and Molly in Final Destination 5 being killed in Flight 180. Yeah, that's a good one. Just because it brings it, like, full circle. Exactly. I'm going to say my number two is the entire highway scene from number two. Oh, man, that's fucked me up for life, so I get it. Yeah, I, that... That one, that entire scene has fucked me up for life. 
So I was saying my number two, like, favorite is Candace basically just losing her spine. Mm-hmm. Because it's so nonsense. Her spine turning into it, it doesn't make sense. That um, nothing about that makes sense. Uh, no, that's fair. Um, and then my absolute favorite, and this is I'm going to pick one, but it's kind of every single one along this vein. Okay. But my favorite is going to be the random ones that you are not expecting. So specifically, in like one bus. when Billy dies and gets hit by like that piece of metal and is decapitated. And, like, the bus. Those are my favorites. So, I think my favorite is... mm, It's hard. Um, Oh, I just read something really weird. I was like, what am I looking at? Um, I don't know. I think my favorite is either... Like, I don't know if I can just pick one. It's either... Nora getting her head decapitated in the elevator or it's Evan getting his eye crushed by the fire escape. And I think I would argue the Evan one specifically because the buildup to it is like, there's so many different ways that he should have died because of all of this. Yeah. The Nora getting her head caught in the elevator is like peak final destination. Yeah, so the Evan and, like, the teacher from the first one are, like, peak Final Destination for me, and I feel like those are, like, some of my favorites. Um, But, like, my legitimate actual favorite is Billy just getting decapitated by a piece of metal from, like, a railroad. Yeah, so that's just a fun one. That one just kind of, like, epitomizes Final Destination for me. That's, like, always what's stuck in my head for these movies. Yeah. Well, this this was a fun halfway to Halloween. Yeah, no, this Normally, was. Like it's a, a long halfway to Halloween. Yeah, it's a long one, but also it's quarantine, so, like, what else are you doing? It's true. Um, no, this was a fun one, just because, like, this isn't super scary. It's more, like, yeah. gory, like, over-the-top ridiculous. Like, it kind of explores a little bit more of that category for us. Yeah. Um, Our- and Final Destinations are some of my favorite movies. Yeah, they're super fun. So, uh, with yeah, that... Yeah, they're fun. Uh, you know the drill. There's no final thoughts because we did it as part of the episode, but listen to the music and hear about our social media. And then come talk to us on our social medias. Come and talk to us because literally we're not doing anything and you're not doing anything. No, so let's we're quarantined. Yeah, we're quarantined. Come talk to yeah. us and give us something to talk to. Someone to talk to. Yep. That's not A. each other. Yeah, pretty A. much. Not each other or our partners. Yeah, or our partners. We'll see you guys in two-ish weeks. Three weeks? Um, For some other episode that we figure out. Yeah. In May. We'll see you guys in May. In May. We we might try and do some mini posts about what we're doing individually on social media in the coming weeks, but we're working through that right now, so time will tell. Yeah, so definitely stay tuned to our social media. Follow if you want for for bonus content, because we are definitely doing bonus content on that. Yes. Instead of as the actual podcast. Yes. Cool. Um... So rate us five stars if you can. 
Nobody actually rates us and leave us like a review and we yeah, talk if you about leave us it, a review, blah, blah, blah. we will read your review in the podcast. We don't get reviews, and you should give us a review so that we can read it. We always say we're yeah, gonna read it, and then just no like one ever gives leave us, us a, a comment or something. Like yeah, we'll we'll read all of it. Whatever you guys want to say, we'll read it. We just need to read something. Just, yeah. just let us read okay. something, please. Just let us read something. Prove that we can read. Yeah, um, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah, bye <guys>. May. <laughs> bye. All right. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No and. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephen Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.